Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She always wins the big prize at the Water Gun Carnival game, Dr. Grace Lee. Hi, hello, listeners, and welcome to another podcast of Career Revisionist. I'm recording your podcast at a very special time of day. I mean, it's almost midnight for me right now. And I thought, oh, I'd, I'd like to, I got inspired by something. I was, I've been reading this book and it's called um, Never Split the Difference. It was written by Chris Voss, who was, um, who is, or maybe still is, uh, one of FBI's leading kidnapping negotiators. And I've, I've always had this interest in negotiations. And, and, and my interest really stemmed from, being in university and and uh, those of you who are who've listened to my previous podcast you know that I've been in university for a long time for for 10 years and I have three degrees and my last degree was a PhD and for me it was the last straw I had been studying for a long time and it's not that I didn't enjoy the act of studying and the act of learning I really did I, I love to accumulate knowledge but by the time I was halfway through my PhD I knew, I just knew that this was it. This was my last year of formal education, you know, in at an institution. It was my last year, and I and I felt and I felt that I I wouldn't be interested in pursuing another degree or accreditation or some sort of formalized program like that from an, from a degree granting institution. And I started to, and halfway through my PhD, I I started to venture outside of academic learning. And one of the topics that really interested me was negotiation. So over the years, uh, I had read quite a few books on this topic. And of all the books that I read on negotiation, some of them were written by really, really, really good negotiators in business. They were written by some of some esteemed business owners, thought leaders, but particularly, I quite enjoyed this one with the hostage, hostage negotiation. I mean, he describes being on the job uh, and negotiating as if your life depended on it because someone's life did depend on it. I mean, he was a hostage negotiator. And it was quite, it was quite a different take on negotiation. So after I finished my PhD, I got my very first job after university. I had gone I had gone back to back in my degrees there. I didn't really take any breaks between degrees. I, I went straight through. And so I got my first job after graduating. And, you know, because I've already been quite, you know, thoroughly read in the topic of negotiation, I knew that this was something that I didn't want to neglect. I knew that, I mean, I knew that every time you don't negotiate, I mean, you're leaving money on the table throughout the course of your career. And this was something that I had read somewhere and I had talked to a lot of mentors back then who really encouraged that conversation. And, and the, I mean, the, the teaching was that employers, when they quote you the first salary, you know, it's, it's something like most of them, they expect that you will negotiate. And if you don't, they don't say anything about it, you know, and if you do, then the negotiation table opens. So, my first my first time negotiating was when I had started to apply for jobs after my PhD and there were a couple of them that 
had invited me for interviews and one of them of of all of them only one of them had gone through second stage third stage and then they had given me an offer and when i when i felt that i felt a little bit of an opening for negotiation i jumped at it and i mean i was nervous you know but i was successful in my negotiation and i and and after that when i started working in that role there i've had multiple conversations with other people in similar positions i mean that role was still in academia i i still hadn't left academia like when i finished my phd it was it was a fellowship position they call them they call them postdoctoral fellows that's what they call them postdoctoral fellowships and it's slightly different from an internship because you do get paid but most postdoctoral fellows that's what they call them most postdoctoral fellows don't realize and maybe they don't have the courage to negotiate but i did and it was something that um it was an experience that was very nerve-wracking but it, i'm glad i did and it really opened doors to me on how i could negotiate better how i can communicate better because to me a negotiation is just another form of communication so i wanted to start this episode i wanted to talk about how to negotiate salary i mean because talking about negotiation that's a really open topic but when i if if i were to narrow it down to a salary negotiation that's something that a lot of folks talk about i mean there's tons of information out there on the on tips for negotiating salary but um i and i and sometimes i wonder i mean i've read my fair share of of blogs and articles online on on negotiating salary too in my beginnings and sometimes i wonder if these tips just get passively passed down you know because that's just that's just the way that bloggers and and advice columns and and recruiters talk about them and sometimes you know i often wonder do these tips get passed down because that's just the default tip or that's the expected tip that you would that you would think that you would get from a column like that or or have they ever been tried and tested you know and have they ever been written by someone who has gone through the, those exact and implemented those exact strategies and were they successful right so i set on this mission to every time i changed my career and i didn't have a lot of jobs in in my entire career but i did reinvent myself a couple times and i did reinvent my career you know multiple times in completely different directions so and every each time i did so i made a point to negotiate and to take note of which strategies worked for me and which ones didn't so in this episode i wanted to share with you a framework for how to negotiate salary and really to do it in the beginning at the time of the offer and not wait for after you've accepted the offer and at your first performance review like not wait for that time because sometimes like on average a performance review happens like 60 days 90 days after the offer is accepted and in that time there are new normals that happen you know there's a default there's a new default so it's really good that you negotiate before a formal acceptance of the offer. And as I said earlier, many employees employers they expect you to negotiate. And 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 I found that your boss or your employer will actually respect you for speaking up. You know, that shows leadership, it shows courage as well, and it shows vulnerability. You know, you're you're taking this position serious enough and you see yourself and it shows that you've 
really, you really do see yourself in this company for a long time. You want to, you want to be, and you also respect yourself enough to negotiate, right? So, employers will respect you for speaking up, and rarely will an employer rescind an offer because you tried to negotiate, right? So, my rule of thumb is that the salary is all about the responsibility that you're taking on. And that's why it's really important that you you get clear in the interview and even before the interview in your research about what the responsibilities are going to involve. And you have an opportunity to ask questions during the interview as well. And especially if you have multiple interviews, you have opportunities to ask questions, to clarify things, to have more of a of um to have more clarity on what the responsibilities are and if they are flexible if they are fixed uh, if they have potential to grow things like that so all salary is it's a trade for the value that you bring in the company right and I, I one of my business mentors she she told me her name is Julie and she told me that really what money is are thank you notes and I love that analogy of money is a thank you note because you do something for someone, they pay you, and it's like saying thank you for the value you brought, or thank you for doing this, for doing this, and thank you for doing such a good job. So, if you think of it that way, money is a thank you note. It it really is about the responsibility that you've accepted when you said yes to the offer. So you never, and because of that, you never make it about your personal situation. So when you are opening up a, a negotiation about your salary, you don't make it about your rent payments or your mortgage payments or the fact that you have to support your family or any debt payments you have. That's not, you don't justify a salary. You know, you don't open it that way because when you make it personal, that comes across sounding entitled, right? When, when what you really want to do is sound serious about the career, that you're committed to a career, the career path that this, that this, that this offer will bring you and that you respect yourself enough to to speak up, right? And you want to start on the right foot. So focus instead, instead of focusing on your personal situation, focus on comparing similar levels of responsibility in a similar industry. And that'll give you a good idea and a starting point on how to negotiate. And all throughout the whole conversation, it really is just a different type of conversation. It's You don't have to learn a completely do, new language or a new vernacular. Just think of it as having a conversation that involves money. And most people don't have conversations like that. So you want to hold a strong frame throughout the whole conversation. And a strong frame really means that you're taking command of your body language and you're projecting certainty and clarity. Because once you do that and you have certainty of you being worth the salary that you are offering and you've done your research so you have clarity about the responsibility, it really is highly respectful. And you want to demonstrate a strong, calm presence and a calm tonality as well. So engage with a mindset of discovery. When you start start the negotiations, you are not justifying, you are not asking right you start with discovery you start you start with the mindset of discovery you're asking questions as well during the conversation to see what they're comfortable with if they have brought, put in a cushion to negotiate you want to you want to open up with the mindset of discovery so but the, but before all of this happens the first thing you want to do is to figure out what your number is 
So you do your homework. You know, you research market data. You can talk to people in similar industries. You can use LinkedIn Sales Navigator or some online salary calculator to figure out what a reasonable salary range is. And you want to consider when you're looking at when you're trying to figure out what your number is. You want to consider your base salary. Consider also your benefits, any bonuses, paid vacation times, or other perks. Like some, sometimes you can have the company pay for any professional development courses that you might take that could benefit your productivity at work. So perks like that, you want to consider it. And all of that, all of that combined, figure out what your number is, right? And in the process of, and this is all done before you have the salary negotiation, and. While you're doing this research, keep an eye on looking at your big picture. So make a list of all the skills that you bring, and ask yourself: Do any of them automatically make you an invaluable asset? And consider the totality of how the job makes sense for your life. For example, for example, let's say the pay is slightly lower, but maybe it provides the flexibility that you desire. So it's it's the give and take considerations. It's the totality of how the job makes sense for your life, depending on what you value more. And really, money is not the be all and end all. It's also doesn't necessarily have to be the top priority. So consider for yourself the big picture of your life and the tra- trajectory of the career when you are looking at and figuring out your number as well. And a good a good idea, if especially if you're not used to having conversations around money or not used to negotiating salary, it's a good idea to take the temperature of the conversation by talking first about non monetary requests. So if you're so if you want to just kind of get a feel for the waters and dip your toe in a little bit, talk about non monetary requests. For example, non monetary requests could be something like. Flexible work schedules or professional development perks, like I mentioned earlier. The more you talk about non-salary terms, the more likely you will hear the full range of their options, right? Because it really shows that you're serious about this career. It really shows that you've thought about what could help you to be a more productive worker. It shows that you've thought about in and respected yourself on what you need to be more productive. To be to add more value, right? And here's the thing: if they cannot meet your non-salary requests, they may even counter with more money, right? And of course, that would be a win-win situation. So sometimes, leading with non-monetary requests, if you lead with that as a negotiation, it ends up the conversation ends up about salary negotiations, and that's even better, right? But here's the thing: your salary shouldn't serve as the be-all and end-all of what you look for in a new job offer. So remember, when you're having these conversations, you're bringing up non-monetary requests. You're looking at your big picture. You're about to present your figure or your number. You want to be absolutely delightful. You know, you want to have a, a, a friendly tonality, just explorational. You have a mindset of discovery, just exploring what they're comfortable with, exploring your options, right? And introduce a non-monetary variable variable into the conversation. And another good. Another good measure is to define your success metrics, and success metrics is really all about what determines whether or not you are going to be successful in the career, or whether or not you are going to be successful in delivering the solutions or delivering the product or producing the fruit that they're looking for. The goal here 
is to get a sense of how the company will judge your performance and also what additional opportunities exist. For example, like bonuses and raises, right? So you want to, so here's the thing you want to, you want to define your success metrics and get a sense also on how the company will judge your success. But remember that salary terms, any salary terms without knowing the success metrics is like, it's like you're going to be playing Russian roulette because you won't have any footing to hold and you'll end up leaving it all to chance. So it's very important that when you do open up negotiations, whether or not they are non-monetary or monetary requests, that you define what the success metrics are. Because say, let's say that you negotiate salary and you have a conversation. It's very productive and they are open to it. But at the same time, they don't. And let's say that their feedback in that in that conversation is that they don't feel comfortable with giving you the salary or the number that you requested. Right. Once because you've defined your success metrics right then, then another thing you could do is you can negotiate sort of like a, a contract where you can say, at my first performance review, 60 days from now or 90 days from now, you can negotiate that they re- you revisit the salary negotiation. And if you have performed all your responsibilities, if you added value, if you solve the, uh, a, a very crucial problem, then, then at that time, they could revisit negotiation and and we can renegotiate accordingly. So that's why defining success metrics is important right in the beginning because when you meet 60 days later, 90 days or 90 days later at the performance review, how do you know that you have a strong footing to negotiate if you don't know how the company measures success in the first place? All right, so always, always include that in the initial salary negotiation is defining success metrics. And the next thing is, when you are negotiating, regardless of what you're negotiating, you want to sell yourself to spark their interest. The key is to sell yourself to your boss or the hiring manager as more than a body for a job. You want to sell yourself and your success as a way that they can validate their own intelligence and broadcast it to the rest of the company. Because people, you know how, you know, Good Friday, most people like to go shopping on Good Friday and they like to get good deals. And the best deals, I suppose, in retail are on Good Friday. You go out and you and you, you search for them and you line up for them. And here's the thing. The psychology behind that is that people love to make, to get a good deal. And if they get an awesome deal, it's like share-worthy material. They love to share it with other others and tell the story of how they got such a good deal. And in doing so, when you get a good deal, it feels good because it validates your intelligence, you know, that you made a smart buying decision. So it's the same thing when a company hires you, when a company hires a new person to fill a role, especially in a leadership position, they like to be validated. It feels good when they made a good hire, you know, because hiring managers, leaders in the company, the ones that were the ones that were pointed to be the point person for for finding a good hire, they report to the employer or they report to the boss and it looks good on them if they found a good hire and if they made a good hire, right? So if you set, if you sell yourself as a way that they can validate, validate their own intelligence, then it puts you in a very strong footing. And the way to do that is just to simply ask one question. All you need to ask them is, what does it take to be successful here? 
Because once you do that, once you ask that question, they will already have a stake in your success. And the reason why is because when they answer that, they'll be giving you guidance. And then they will watch to see if you follow their advice. So therefore, they already have a personal stake in seeing you succeed. They've kind of, by answering your question, they've kind of just put themselves in an unofficial mentorship position and they have invested interest in your success. So therefore, you will have just recruited an official mentor for yourself. And it validates their intelligence that they made a good hire. And what you do is you accept the offer. And of course, you all your full work ethic goes into that. And when the and if you didn't negotiate and if they and the negotiation was saying that in at the performance review that you would revisit the salary, then you work your hardest with all your work ethic. Then 90 days from now at the performance review, you know what their success metrics are. You show that you've blown it out of the park and they have they've they are already invested in you in the beginning then it's an easy negotiation very easy negotiation so just to summarize the points that i talked about there were five of them the first one is to figure out your number right and then you want to look at the big picture right considering the totality of how the job makes sense for your life right then you want to open by talking about non-monetary requests Make sure that you define your success metrics in the beginning, especially just in case that the salary negotiation is postponed or revisited at a later date. And you want to sell yourself to spark their interest so that they have invested interest in your success. So that's all, folks. That's what I wanted to share with you in this episode. Thank you for listening to Career Revisionist. If you like my content, I invite you to subscribe to my channel, to my podcast on iTunes and leave a review there. Your reviews are very important to me. I read every single one of them. If you have any questions, leave a question with me in your review as well. I'd be happy to answer that in my next podcast. For those of you who are not Apple users, I'm also on Android. Visit careerrevisionist.com. That's careerrevisionist.com. Remember, there are two R's in the middle, careerrevisionist.com. And you will see a whole choice, uh, a choice of platforms where you can find my podcast. So thank you for listening once again. And I'll see you in my next episode.